Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Hi guys, welcome to the latest Archer and the Devil with guest podcast. In this episode, we talk to Nick Hamilton, the first ever disabled BTCC driver, ambassador for esports, is a truly inspirational guy, and this podcast was absolutely incredible. We talked about so many cool stuff, his history, his story, and weirdly, how he cleans his teeth, which isn't what you will expect. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to all our socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And wherever you get the podcast, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, hit that notification so you can get the latest update as and when we drop the newest, most incredible podcast. Take care. Take care of each other. Archer and the Devil. Welcome to Archer and the Devil and guest. And guest. This week, this podcast, this podcast. week, I would say this week. You do. This time, we'll say this time, we have the man, the one and only, Mr. Nick Hamilton. And a lot of people say, who, who's that? No, they don't. Nobody ever who's, says, who's, who's Nick that? Hamilton. Who's Nick Hamilton? No, they don't. Does he die? No, don't. Nick Hamilton is a racing driver. Yeah. He is an ambassador yeah. for various things. Mm. He is... A gamer. Indeed. For fun and for his job. Used to be. It used to be. Used to Which be. one? Okay, do you, do you want me to intro, intro myself? Yeah, you do. You're better. Everyone's <laughs> always better at introducing yeah. themselves yeah, okay, so, than I am. Um, yeah, so uh, Nick Hamilton, uh, BTCC racing driver, um, racing for uh, Team Hard this year. Um, also, uh, disabled athlete, uh, born with cerebral palsy, diagnosed with spastic diplegia. Um, wheelchair bound um, from the age of what was it seven um, all the way up and uh, and yeah now walking unaided um, competing in the pinnacle of British motorsport and uh, yeah alongside my racing I am uh, a public speaker motivational speaker try and use my story to inspire others um, whether you're disabled or able-bodied um, Monster Energy Athlete, uh, sponsored by uh, Rocket uh, Phones for my uh, my touring car championship stuff, um, and that's about it. Yeah, I would never have said all that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's, basically that's it. why we have people introduce themselves. But thanks for making me look stupid on my yeah. own podcast. Appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks. And just also for <laughs> just being a better human than we are already. Yeah. <laughs> the no, first no. thing I said to Sonny, like we, we got you on the podcast this week, is, oh, right, okay, I should do some research. Literally, the first thing he said to me was, he seems like the nicest the guy nicest ever. Guy in the world. You haven't met me yet. That, well, that well, is true. Well, that's true. <laughs> you might completely diminish that. First impression initially was, this is the nicest person I've ever met in my life. I said to Rob before you got here, I was like, like we're assholes. Yeah, so we're not we're nice have people. To... No, we are. Yeah. We are nice people. But yeah, we was, I was like, is he right for our podcast? Like, is he too nice for our podcast? I think he might be. No, i got a streak. Okay. Ooh. We'll find out. We'll have to try and find them trigger points, won't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep poking. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then just, ah! just Now there's yeah. Nick. There ruin, he is. We're going to ruin 28 years of him building up a reputation. Yeah. Destroyed in one hour. An hour yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you've got <laughs> no, that kind of a streak yeah, in you. Yeah. No. To be fair, though, in touring cars, mm. 
You've got to be a bit ruthless, isn't you, sometimes? Yeah, it's hardcore. Um, I'm in my second year of touring cars. Yeah. Um, yeah, my first year. Or I did I did half or four races in 2015. Um, that was that was when I first signed with, with Monster Energy. And, uh, was that in the black Audi? Yeah, Audi S3. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I was I was struggling in my career at that point. I didn't have the the funds to race, and and um, I don't know. It was sort of outside out of mind uh, situation for me. So I wanted to go into British touring cars because it's the pinnacle of British motorsport. And uh, doing that, I I created history, being the first disabled athlete ever to compete in the championship. Um, and unfortunately, ran out of money at the end of um, two fifteen. So then I sort of. Went back to the drawing board, didn't really know what to do. Um, and yeah, long story short, ended up back in the British Touring Car Championship 2019 um, with a Rocket title sponsorship. Um, and then, uh, yeah, still remained a, a monster athlete. Um, I've been a monster athlete for now five years. And uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. Um, so this is my second, second season uh, in, in a new team. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been difficult. We are not as fast as we expected to be. Uh, we knew that the package we had wasn't that great, um, but it's uh, it's it's all about trial and error and moving forward, um, working as a team to to develop the car. Um, and yeah, we're already in October. It's been a weird um, year with this whole coronavirus stuff. Uh, it's made the the championship really uh, compact um, in terms of the races. And yeah, we're already in October and and uh, yeah, twenty twenty one. Uh, plans are already moving forward for next year, which I'm super excited about. Um, so hopefully, I can share with that you, with you guys uh, sometime soon. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We do like exclusives on this podcast. Oh, like no, no, it's not. It's not going to happen today. Oh, yet it might. Sorry, do. it might do. It tickled us then, and then walked away. Yeah. We'll keep pressing the buttons. We will. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Playing with our emotions. We'll see. What's it been like driving with no crowds? Has it been a bit of a weird sensation? Uh, but they're all still behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Obviously, um, in terms of a commercial perspective, it's not it's not great because no. um, touring cars is is a very well known championship in the UK. You can get up to you know forty fifty thousand fans per weekend, um, which makes it very very valuable. And uh, for a driver like me, um, it's 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 amazing because obviously you do uh, signing sessions, and I have a lot of a lot of. I don't like to blow my own trumpet, but have a lot of fans that, that want to come and, and see me race and have pictures with me and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, in some cases, um, you know, you, you do your, your signing sessions um, and then I end up doing my own one afterwards. So I yep. end up doing two, which is incredible. It shows how many people support me. Um, so on that side, it sucks. Um, the fact that we don't have that interaction with the fans yeah. anymore. Um on a on a positive on a positive note, and I've got to be careful how I how I put this. It's um, you know I struggle uh, being able to prepare for a race in terms of going to the toilet and yeah. then getting back in the car yeah, in time. Yeah, 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 yeah Right, because yeah. when I go to the toilet, I get stopped <laughs> by yeah. by fans asking for pictures and all that sort of stuff, and I hate saying no. Um, but you're also busting for a week. I'm also yeah. busting for a week, but also <laughs> yeah. late to get into yeah. the car. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm late. I've got to got to yeah. be there on time. Um, and so, in terms of that, uh, in terms of not getting stopped and all of that stuff, uh, it's easier. Just moving around. Moving around yeah. is is easier. Um, and obviously, it's hard being a being a driver and a 
as I said, don't like blowing my own trumpet, but a mini, a mini, mini celebrity where um, first impressions are everything. Yeah. yeah. So you've got, you've got times when you come out of the car and you're absolutely furious. And the last thing you want to do stop is, and smile. is stop and smile yeah. and talk to somebody um, because you've got so much going on in your head. Um, but you then got to be careful how you, you come across because it could be a, a little kid or it could be, um, you know, parents or um, just someone that loves motorsport and they've been wanting to meet me for a while and the first thing they see of me is uh, me being rude to them. Yeah. You know, and I hate hate that. So I've never... Especially I've, when all your adrenaline's going and everything else. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's, so it's really it's really difficult. So, um, and... and, and you know, it's coincided with the the whole going to the toilet thing and being in a rush. I don't like to rush people yeah. when they're taking pictures of me. You know what I mean? You, you take your time and I'll give you my time. Um, and I feel like I've done a good job in um, making or, or people not really having a, a bad thing to, s- to say about me uh, as, a, as a person when they meet me. So that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, the, the whole uh, fans thing helps with that scenario. Um, but it's not not really nice driving around and it being empty. Does it affect your mindset going into it, like in terms of preparation and anything anything else? Is there a point where you feed off the crowd when they're there or Um, concentration-wise? Do you even notice it, like when you're in the car? Yeah, I mean, especially um, a circuit like Alton Park. Alton Park, I would say, is one of the busiest races um, up in Cheshire. Um, And it's, yeah, like 40,000 fans. And you can see, because it's such a vast area, all on the hills and everything like that, absolutely packed, and they, they look like little ants, yeah. you know, with the amount of people there are. Um, and, it, and it's great, and it's amazing to to drive in front of a crowd like that. Um, it doesn't add any any pressure um, because we're on TV anyway, mm, um, yeah. ITV4 or ITV2, and, um, you know, we, there's millions of people watching anyway, so it doesn't really make any difference. Um, it's, just, it's just cool. Um, but now it's it's almost become the norm. So when you're when you go to a circuit, and you don't see anybody there. You're sort of used to it already. You know, like, oh, this is weird. I suppose it was for the first few mm. times, but now it's like, oh, let's let's get there quicker. Let's yeah, and you know, you don't have to queue to get out. You yeah. don't have to queue to get out the circuit, and yeah. you can get home a lot quicker. So yeah. in little <laughs> things like that, it's really good. But it's not nice not having that interaction with the fans, and especially for me, I I. I feel since I started racing, I'm seeing more and more disabled people coming to watch races, okay. um, which is really nice. You yeah. know, young girls, young boys, teenagers, adults, um, you know, all standing on the sidelines and, and watching me. And um, that's great. You know, but at the moment, I can't see any of that growth. Your, your story is very different to a lot of races in terms of, like you say, because you're not just going racing because you want to go racing. There is an extent to that, but you're also, like you said before, you're inspiring, you want to inspire other people and show other people that it is possible. So I suppose if if they're not there, that element's taken away. So you're, do you know what I mean? Like, like when I started racing, I didn't think I want to start racing because I want so-and-so down the road to start racing or, or mm. whatever it was. It was yep. just like... But like you said, with with what well, everything else, you're like, well, I want to inspire them. I want to inspire these. I want to inspire them. So it's you're going racing not just for you. Yeah, well, um, not now anyway. Uh, initially, um, no, racing drivers are selfish. 
they want to they want to race they want to win that's all they want to do mm. and um you know with with my story i i never i never thought i'd be able to drive a road car let alone a let alone a race car and um i didn't really know what to to do with my life and it wasn't until i was 19 um you know been through school been bullied and you know in a wheelchair couldn't walk um i was really sort of beside myself and when you're when you're 16 and you're starting to get into girls and you're growing into yourself as a as a human and people are looking past you you know and looking down on you you know I used to follow Lewis around um you know f- for all of his racing and we used to go to you know the the check-in desk of a, an airport and you know the, the the woman behind the desk would talk to my mum instead of me and say you know can he do stairs and can he do this can he do that and when you're 16 and you're mm. starting to grow into yourself yeah you you don't really understand why people aren't looking at you as an individual. <clears throat> so I wanted to get out of that wheelchair and, and move forward. Um, and how, dif- t- how difficult a process was that? Um, yeah, I mean, are you, are you, do you want me to take you through my story? I mean, it's a long story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to start for no reason. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough it's a tough. It was a tough scenario because obviously, um, you know, I, I was born too much premature, diagnosed with with cerebral palsy. Um, the form of my condition is spastic diplegia, um, and cerebral palsy is like um like an umbrella of loads of different conditions. Uh, you've got hemiplegia, which is down one side, diplegia, um, which is uh, two two limbs. Uh, in my case, it's my lower my lower limb, so so my torso is is fine. Um, but yeah, I, I was told I would never be able to walk, and I was born with a squint, so my my right side, lazy eye. Um, I'm basically born cross-eyed. Um, so yeah, told I wouldn't be able to walk, and my parents didn't really know what to do. So um, yeah, they made a collective decision to make my life as tough as possible, and uh, <laughs> yeah, not wrap me up in cotton wool at all. Yeah. Um, so obviously, they they had Lewis, who's eight years older than me. Um, even though he acts eight years younger uh, <laughs> most of the time, but um, but yeah, he's he's. I went I went through life <laughs> trying to understand uh, why I was the chosen one. Um, you know, there's one in five hundred births diagnosed with cerebral palsy, um, and uh, which is it's actually quite a lot if you think about it. Um, but yeah, why 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 me? Um, you know, why couldn't I just be like? anybody ev- everyone else um and so my whole childhood was trying to come to terms with this condition try and understand you know walking and stuff and initially i couldn't um i couldn't walk at all uh with cerebral palsy and my condition with my growth spurt it was um my skeleton would grow faster than my muscles so i was right. constantly constantly tight so just catching up all the time pretty much yeah. yeah and i could never put my heels down so i was always walking on my tiptoes um so i had no i had no surface area no soles on my feet for for that sort of balance and support um and then super super tight legs um then when i was four years old i had a operation life life changing i would say uh which was a, a tendon release um operation to um release all the spasticity in my muscles um so it was uh, groin muscle uh, back of my hamstrings and then uh, back of my ankles 
And that allowed me then to be able to put my heels down first. Able-bodied people, when they walk, you know, the heel goes down first and then they go to the balls of their feet yeah. and then to the next stride. Um, so that gave me more um, opportunity to try and learn to walk. Um, but then, it, you know, going to, to schooling and uh, people always looking at you like you're some sort of alien um, and that you don't belong. Uh, and it took me a while to to try and come to terms with myself and try and fit fit in with everybody. Um, firstly, going through my schooling, I was actually the only black person in my primary school and secondary school. So as well as being the only disabled person, I'm the only disabled and black person yeah. there as well. So it was a really difficult, difficult time. Um, yeah, and then uh, going to school, secondary school especially, it's really long distances to walk so you're walking from one class to the next class and you have to be there on time and you've got your heavy books uh, and your bag on on your back and you're carrying loads of stuff and it was just completely battering me as a as a person mentally and physically so um, my mum decided to put me in a wheelchair I guess um, to make life a little bit easier um, and I was in there for five six years and it got to a point I, I basically couldn't walk again and um and yeah, long story short, um, I just made a decision. As I said, once this woman spoke to me at this uh, check-in desk and said, and was speaking to my mum instead of me, you know, I've been through all my bullying and all that sort of stuff at school, but that was almost like the final straw. Um, so I was like, right, that's it. And I used to um, drop my wheelchair or have my wheelchair. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. At school, in the staff room, I used to go and pick it up every day um, when my mum dropped me off and then... Uh, yeah, one day I just decided not to ever pick it up and never go into it ever again. Um, and then learn to, to walk again and fall over and hit my head and, you know, go through the, the pains and strains and struggles of trying to understand it all again. But I'm just a little bit older now um, and my muscles were more developed. Um, and then it was, it was my, my, it was my motorsport um, that, as I said, I always wanted to do, but never thought I'd be able to. Um, I won't go into the details and details of it, but it was my motorsport that gave me the the motivation and the the purpose. I would say to to overcome my condition more and more, um, because in order for me to race, I needed to be as strong, or if not stronger, than most able-bodied people to be able to compete on the same level as them. Um, because really. Uh, the best way I can explain it is like I'm a Paralympian in the Olympics. Yeah. You know? Um, so it gave me that, that reason. And I wanted to race because all I wanted to do as a kid was race cars. Um, and then after, you know, my documentary went out in 2011 and um, I realised all these people I was starting to inspire. Um, it, it sort of took, or took me in a different direction. And although... Excuse me. Although um, all I want to do is race, um, I realised that 
continuing my story also inspired other people. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I mean, where, it, where it's, it's also difficult because when people want to meet you and stuff, you never want to give them a bad impression of you because every time you're in the car and all that sort of stuff, you're, you're doing it for me, uh, doing it for yourself, but you're also, um, you, you're, you're a brand and you got to keep representing yourself in the best way possible. Um, but yeah, it's not been, it's not been easy, man. It's a, it's been a tongue tough and, and long slog, uh, and there's still some way to go. And you're how old now? I'm 28. 28, fucking hell. Yeah. Getting old. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like... So ultimately then, so... You, it helped you, like you say, when you when you turned 16, you, you was like, right, that's it. I'm done. I want to go racing. So it, that was your goal. And sometimes I think that's all it takes. And it? it's just... Yeah, just you, having that drive to get to, to just that. go, right, it could be anything. It could be music. It could be, like you say, yeah. racing or whatever. And you're like, right, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. And I'm going to do everything I can yep. to make it happen. I think mm. we met first time we ever met was Santa Pod, Jim Carner Grid Final. I think it was... Was I driving the buggies? Yes. Them god-awful buggies that mm. kept breaking down. Mm. I think it was like 2014, maybe 2015. Yeah, around that. like that. Yeah. And... It had been 15. I think, and I think that might have been just when you, you might have been your first year of Monster. I think that's yeah. probably because it was yeah, a, yeah. obviously a Monster event. Everyone yeah. was there. Um, and I think somebody said like, um, like Nick decided that he wanted to get all his own sponsors. Obviously, you didn't want to ride off the back of Lewis and everything mm. else. She's like, I'm going to do it all on my own. Mm. And you got your own sponsors. You spoke to your own guys and then mm. made it all happen. And I suppose mm. that, that motivation of wanting it so bad mm-hmm. is what keeps spurring you on. And then like you say now, that's what's, hopefully going to inspire other people to do the same thing it's it's the, the fact that you're only 28 now and you've already got to that point of that, <laughs> that much of a story you know your autobiography is going to be like <laughs> six episodes yeah, long jesus I appreciate that bro how was it the first time the first time getting in the car during a race like after all of that work to get is to it that all, point it, sorry is your car all um OEM or is it hand controls no yeah so it's normal so uh, it's still just, pedals I, yeah, everything still pedals, else yeah yeah i've just got um just got a hand clutch in the car. Right, so okay. in, so this is when we did Jim Carner. Yep. Um, I was actually really quick at Jim Carner. I'd never done it before. Never driven the rage buggies or whatever before. Um, but I was actually really good until you got to the like a donut area. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a hand clutch at the time. So, you so couldn't I couldn't get it to control rotate. anything. Get it to rotate. So I'd, I would be just as fast as everybody. It if was a donut fat. box, wasn't it? You yeah, had to yeah. Go into if like not doing faster donut through box. the first part yeah, of the yeah, circuit, yeah. and then when it gets to the point where you got to use your clutch to try and move things forward, that's where Could I lose it. lost loads of time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a normal, normal, normal pedal system. Um, I just have a uh, really thick and wide pedals. Um, so, right accelerator is, is uh, you know thick and wide with grip tape, and the same with the brake pedal, and then hand clutch on the steering wheel. Um, so it just minimizes the amount of work my leg has to do. Cause, cause you have um, you have like the, the isn't it like um a fire escape test yeah. Yeah, yeah. where you have to get out mm-hmm. of the car mm-hmm. super fast, and like, yeah. you're pretty hench guy like you you, <laughs> you like you know what I mean you're showing both of us up really you know what I mean like you, clearly somebody works out well you do yeah. your personal trainer as well right or but were it, a personal trainer or something no my um no my my girlfriend's a personal trainer oh, okay there we go yeah. Oh, well, that, that explains that's a lot yeah, then. So there's no lazy Sundays in your <laughs> house. Like, Come on, let's Every go. Every Sunday's lazy, man. <laughs> but um, no, it's... But uh, yeah, we, we have to get out of the car within seven seconds. So so that's, um, yeah, 
you know, full harness, then the netting, door, and then get yourself out. But I think regardless of any conditions, whatever situation you are in physically, mm. if you're on fire, yeah, you're oh, getting out of that been, shit regardless. Uh, yeah, of yeah, yeah, I've I've been on fire. Oh, okay. That's why, yeah, I've been on fire. My first um, my first experience being on fire was last year, um, with my my first team in touring cars or, yeah, first proper proper, uh, stab at it. We we flew to um, Spain for the for the first um, preseason test. And I was so excited because I don't or have never really got the opportunity to test and test and test and test and prepare. I always sort of test at the races just because I struggled for, for money in in my earlier career. So this was like an amazing opportunity. We're flying out to Spain and we've got the track to ourselves and super excited. Um, and I did half a day and then the car just went up in flames on its own. Um, and we were doing an installation lap. So we're just checking everything over and whatever, just to go into the uh, the afternoon, and the thing just started started smoking. And I was on the radio going, uh, "A bit of smoke in the car." Um, <laughs> they said, "Oh, it, it might you know, it might just be um, might be just some brake dust or something like that." And and then it just got more and more. And then I looked over to the left hand side; the whole left front of the car was on fire, um, and it just engulfed. And I was like, "Shit." I'm on, f- I'm on fire. <laughs> like, I'm on fire. Literally, I mean, it's, it's I'm funny, on fire. It's funny because you can tell the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, at the time. It, yeah, and the thing was, it, was, it wasn't computing in my head. The fact that I was, on, I was on fire and I needed to get out. So you're still sitting there thinking, I'm on fire. Yeah. It's, I was like, it's fire. Yeah, that's fire. Should, that's fire, that's that is. something I should be doing. Yeah, and then I was like, shit, I'm on fire. And then I just did everything I could to get out as soon as possible. I'll show you the video after I've got a video. <laughs> it's just, so, it terrifies yeah. me. That's yeah, it. I right. think it's, it's every racing driver's it nightmare, was, isn't it? Yeah, and fire. at the time, I didn't know whether the thing was going to blow up or anything. So I was like, and I could see my whole season before it even started. Got Melted up in flames. away. Yeah. yeah. Literally. I was like, well, who's going to pay for that one? <laughs> you know? Because it's. <laughs> Your first thought was shit, I'm on fire. As a racing driver, your second thought is, this is fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fire's yeah, the I'm worst thing you can have. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's just... It's but but I'm, I'm glad I went through it because now I've been there. If it ever ever happens again, I'd be a lot more relaxed in the situation. I would say. I don't think, no matter how many times my car was on fire, I don't think there'd be a point. I think it sounds like you was pretty relaxed in the first place. I mean, place. yeah, to be yeah. fair, your composure levels seem quite... And it, yeah. <laughs> it weird? Like, when you hit, when something's on fire... You can just hear pure silence, nothing around it, and just like the burning of the crackling, of the, the crackling yeah. of, of whatever material it is, and that's what it was. It was total silence. I bet you can still hear it now in your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. B- because we were in a, um, we're at like some test track. There wasn't like marshals on dotted the post, yeah, dotted yeah. around with loads of um, extinguishers. So you just stopped. Do- I just did you try and drive it back to the pits like, like everyone? No, no, did. no, I bloody didn't. I was trying to get the hell out of there. Um, yeah, it was crazy, and, and and yeah, we had all of a sudden, yeah, the fire engine turned up, and people saw like the team had their uh, truck. Uh, um, Did they the go to you first or the car first? They went to the car first, <laughs> obviously, because <laughs> it was on fire. They knew that I was totally fine. I okay. was just a bit, I was a I bit shook shocked. Up. Yeah, yeah. you running shook around up. like in Talladega Nights. I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna really open her up now. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. I'm on fire. <laughs> I love that film. That's crazy. I've never, I don't think I've ever caught on fire. No. I've you don't crashed do a few times, but I don't think it's ever Oh, yeah, so fire. is everyone, right? Uh, Jay's crashed more than most, to be fair. 
I do crash a lot. You do crash a lot. Did crash a lot. I don't yeah. race anymore. No. Is that That's because you crash so much? <laughs> mate, no. Same as you, mate. You just you get to the point where you think I'm skinned. I'm sick. Of, <laughs> I'm sick of eating beans on toast every yeah. night. I should probably stop spending thousands of pounds to go racing ten times a year. I agree. With Perhaps that. buy myself some food. That's yeah. Or like pay my electricity bill. And it's yeah. like this is this needs to stop. Yeah. And then that was it. So now we'll do a podcast and talk about racing and feel sad every time. So. Oh man. Well, I, I'm enjoying this podcast. <laughs> That's, That's good. That's good. That's, That's uh, good. What we want. I cut your question off. Sorry, it was a really good question, and I apologise. No, and it right. was. How did you feel when, you, when you first went out in your... Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't No, it's all right. No, that was my fault. I jumped straight in. I was, oh, I about, was the, about the modifications. I was going for details. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, like yeah, details. Cool. I like to know everything. Um, Ross, I like the emotional side of it. Yeah. I want to know how you felt. Yeah, cool. So, um, so long, long story was, um, as I said, always wanted to race. And I ended up knocking on my dad's door saying, Dad, you know, let me get into a race car. And um, he said, uh, well, I'll have to take you further back. He said you remember what happened when you were seven and the, the story is when I was seven years old my dad put me in a go-kart uh, a cadet cart which is um, back then it was the first step in uh, in, in uh, the motorsport ladder and he said right we'll take you to a car park where there's nothing you can hit and um, we went in Lewis's McLaren sponsored van and we were going racing for me almost uh, so I was so excited um, but because of my hands and my fine motor skills, I couldn't put my gloves on properly. I was putting the you know two fingers through one finger slot. And, and you what seven? Yeah, right, seven. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it was it was a it was a exciting but nervous time. And uh, anyway, go to this car park, absolutely massive. When you're when you're seven years old and you're really low down, everything's magnified. And uh, yeah, there was this little ramp that went into the car park, and my dad started to use it as a as a brake test. So he said, "Look, right, right foot's go, left foot's brake," and um, rolled me down this ramp and said, "Right, brake." And um, I hardly stopped, but for my dad, it was good enough. So <laughs> just, you know, pulled the pulled the starter and started. There me was up. a gesture there, yeah, man. <laughs> so he started me up, and he said, "You know, do like a figure of eight. You know, go this direction, turn around, come back, and keep you know going backwards and forwards." So I was like, "Fine," and I, and I was so excited because I've always wanted to drive a go-kart and this time I'm actually doing it um, to a point where I didn't come back and I basically <laughs> hit this uh, hit this curb flat out and disappeared down a six-foot drop <laughs> yeah 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 so if you're if you're you know my parents looking at me go away and go away from you in the distance I've basically just disappeared off the face and go-karts are loud so at some point that noise stopped yeah, yeah then yeah. they started to panic yeah most, I like the fact that you were like this is a car park where there's nothing to hit but you found the one thing <laughs> yeah. to hit. without a doubt always gonna find something man yeah. Um, so yeah ended up in a six-foot drop six inches of water and that was it like no motion to sport no racing for nick you know it scared everybody um and so when i went to my dad and said dad put me in a race car he said do you remember what happened when you were seven and you know now i was i was 18 and i'd overcome my condition a bit more stronger and the reason why i crashed at that time is because my left leg wasn't strong enough to hit the, the brake pedal which he would have noticed if uh you know he would have <laughs> taken the brake test a bit he more he done it more than once yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so anyway <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was that was that was the reason. And uh, yeah, anyway, he put me he, he took me to um, to a, a driving school in Bedford, and uh, just almost just said that he gave me the opportunity. They put me in with the chief instructor. And uh, long story short, it's a BMW M3. Never driven a car before in my life. And uh, so you yeah. didn't have a license or anything at this point. No, 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 no road license, nothing. And the last thing I drove was that co kart when I was seven. What? Um, 
Yeah, so it was, it was crazy time. So that was another leap of faith then, from yeah, 7 yeah, yeah. to 18. It was yeah, still quite a big completely. step. So the first thing was make sure that I could brake was the first thing. Yeah. Um, but it was servo-assisted in, in, a, in a road car, so it helped. Um, and anyway, I matched, I matched the um, chief instructor on my first day, so in terms of lap time. Yeah. So that was amazing, really cool. My dad went from, you know, oh, he's not going to do very good to, you know, shit, he's what have I created? He was thinking, I wish you'd have hit that curb again. Yeah. You know, we could all be going home yeah, now. Yeah. So, um, so he took me back <laughs> like two weeks later to make sure it wasn't a fluke. And then I did the same again. And, and, and it was almost like, shit, now I've got two sons that will want to race. And, um, you know, why not? So my, my dad's an all or nothing kind of character. He, he doesn't start you off in a, in a small championship. He, he'll, he just, he does it properly or he doesn't do it. And uh, yeah, he put me in the, the Clio Cup Championship, which is a pinnacle of British, mo uh, not pinnacle, it's the step down from the pinnacle of British motorsport touring cars. So it w it's the toughest one make series in the UK. And, you know, it's got people that have been karting, you know, since the age of eight, you know, to, to now 18, 20. And then you've also got um, veterans of the championship in there. And then you just got a little mini me. Um, coming in and I didn't my dad didn't really have the budget to give me any test days so I did one test day in March and then uh off you go I had to get my <laughs> I had to get my license uh yeah which took me two months to get my license race my license or car yeah, license my race license so had you still not got a car license at this point mm, yes right I had okay. one by then I don't remember that. I can't remember when I got my car license. She's like, I should probably learn to drive myself <laughs> yeah. to the track at some but, point. Um, but yeah, so the reason why it's taking so long to answer your question is because there's a, there's a yeah, no, no, backstory to the first time I ended up in the race. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got my race license and I had to basically train for my racing. Um, as I said, I, I couldn't walk. So um, the, the most important thing is to be able to push the brake pedal and... Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't push 10 kilos of pressure with both my legs. And I knew I needed to get to 90 kilos of pressure with my left leg um, every time I hit the pedal. Um, so long story short, worked and worked and worked and worked. It took me two months and got to a point where I could push 120 kilos with my left leg. So then I was sort of ready to, to race and um, jumped in this, this car for the first time. Um, Never really turned a wheel on a proper racetrack before. It's Clio Cup, slick tyres. Um, and had to learn that before you can actually push, you have to prepare the car, prepare the tyres and everything, make sure everything's warm and ready to go. Um, and so there's so much to, to take in. Um, and then to, to go alongside that, I had the BBC filming a fly-on-the-wall documentary. <laughs> so it was like no pressure you know, and, and, and Lewis Hamilton's um, little brother is coming racing for the first time. So it was it was a crazy, crazy um, period of time. You know, I, I basically went from my bedroom to, to my first race in 2011 in, at Brands Hatch and uh, almost a fully-fledged racing driver within two months. It was it was nuts. Um, so my first, my start of my first race was crazy. The amount of um, exposure you know, we had as a family, BBC being there, being a flying wall documentary, then obviously Lewis being there. And by that time, he was already one time former world champion. So the amount of pressure I had on my shoulders was, was crazy. But it was amazing, man, to, to be in the car and 
to have proven, you know, the doctors wrong. People told me that I'd never be able to walk, and you know, I'm racing. A, now I'm racing a car. And that bitch at the airport as well. And the bitch in the airport. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. No. Two months to go to that point is yeah, insane. Crazy man. Do you know what? It's crazy. like you don't help yourself, dear. Nah. Do you know what I mean? It's like you could have had the easiest fucking life in the world, just plodding along, chilling, yeah. and you've gone right. Okay, I've, I've got disabilities. I'm gonna be a racing driver. Yeah, yeah man. Well, you could have picked any career, <laughs> but yeah. then Lewis is your brother, so you went in there. So straight yeah, away, straight away, that's already pressure. Yeah, Without everything right. else. Uh, you know you're always going to get compared. Always. R without even questioning yeah, it. So you've gone, well, I'm going to do that anyway. Yeah. Because that's going to happen. Yeah. And I've got disabilities. So I'm going to throw that in. Yeah, okay, brilliant. But them disabilities mean that I can't really do it. So now I've got to work even harder to do it. So we'll chuck that in as well. Yeah. So there's three different things. Yeah. Oh, and once I've got myself to that point, <laughs> let's film it all. Yeah, yeah. The first time I've ever done it. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a good idea. Yeah. And then we'll do it on, you know, on a, on a televised race series as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not like start nah. lower down nah. or let's do something where no one knows nope. and I can get my race craft <laughs> nope. in and I can figure shit out. Nope. No, let's just go bang. Oh, let's bring Lewis with us yeah. just to add to everything. Yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> it's you, fucking crazy. Yeah, you've put, you know, that's it in a nutshell, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't explain why. Um, but, you know, man, it's it's... As I said, it gave me my gave me my purpose to get up in the morning and overcome my condition and keep pushing forward, um, because it's it's my racing that has allowed my condition to be so strong. Because um, if I wasn't training for my racing, what would I be doing? I'd probably still be in my wheelchair, um, still being bullied, people still looking down upon me. Um, but but now you know, walk fully fully and un fully unaided, and um, I feel like I'm I can pretty much do anything. I want to do apart from stand on one leg. Uh, I really struggle with that. It's really overrated. It's, yeah, I'm it's really struggling. You know, you know how like um, things about able-bodied people that I'm like I would love to be able to do is like uh, put your jeans on without yeah? sitting down. Without sitting yeah. down. I'm 37. I have to sit down, <laughs> Shit. and I've got two good legs. It Man, makes, mate, honestly, when you guys, you know, you lift one leg up and you. Yeah, Jimmy in there. Do you wear skinny jeans? I, mean, I usually fall uh, over when I do it. Semi, do you? Yeah. Yeah. You see, do I can't what? do that. I would usually fall over when I'm doing it. it just make, especially it, taking them off. <laughs> it just make life so much easier. If you just wear skinny jeans, really quick. You know when you're late for something and you yeah. just, you know, one leg goes in, next leg. You know, and and the same with like like showering, right? So so showering is, is really annoying when I have to do my feet. Right? No one wants cheesy feet. No one wants cheesy feet. <laughs> you, well, so you've got to be in the shower. You pardon? Do you wash your feet in the shower? Yeah, why well, doesn't anyone? Do you? Yeah. Don't you? Rob, so. you don't wash your feet. I mean, they're Am already I, in the water. You know what I mean? Rob doesn't wash do his feet. Do you? Uh, there's a thing about this, isn't there? Do blokes wash their legs and their feet in the shower? I will be honest with you, I don't think I've ever washed my feet unless you've got proper. Like, yeah, if they're humming. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever washed them. Get in the bath, they wash themselves, don't they? I was in the shower. Wow. They're yeah. in the water. <laughs> the soap runs down. Wow, my my girlfriend's sitting next to me for the people that can't see, and she's moved across the room a little bit now. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I don't think Rob showers, to be honest with you. I don't think that's... I've never asked that Anyway, all right, all right. So, <laughs> I wash my feet. Not to take it away from you. Yeah, but I wash my feet anyway, and I have to sit down in the shower. It's really annoying. So, I have to... I have to when you go to a hotel... Is the shower big enough for me to sit down in it? See, the best Most thing to do is just not wash your feet. 
Yeah, but dude. Yeah, no, you should wash your feet. You should. No, I'm feeling. Have you got a girlfriend? No. <laughs> no wonder why. <laughs> I had one. <laughs> so here's another, on the, along them lines yeah. then. Oh, sorry, another question along them lines. Yeah. When you clean your teeth, yeah. do you do toothpaste, then in your mouth, or do you wet the toothbrush first, then put the toothpaste on in your mouth, or do you go on dry, then put it under water again? What's your process? I think I go on... Or there's water, toothpaste, water. No. Or there's water, no, no, toothpaste, no. water. You've no, never no, thought no. about I it. Go, I go toothpaste directly in the mouth. So no water at all? No, no. Toothpaste directly in the mouth. So oh, not even a brush. Yeah. <laughs> <Even> then <laughs> wet, wet toothbrush, toothbrush. Are you serious? Yeah. So you don't even put the toothpaste on the toothbrush first? No, I used to. Don't do that anymore. I ain't got time. You're slowing you down. I ain't got time for that. He's an animal. He's got, look, he's got places to be. I ain't got time. I haven't got time to put my toothpaste on my toothbrush because it's all going to go in my mouth anyway. Yeah, but what about the recommended pea size amount? <laughs> you just not care. <laughs> there's, a recommend, there's a recommended amount. Pea size. Pea that's, size. That's, uh, the size of a pea is the recommended amount of toothpaste. And what, you if, just you go, over, <laughs> and what if you overdo it? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. If, it, I don't think you can OD on toothpaste. Ex exactly. So it doesn't matter. Just, I think you just have extra minty. Go in there. Nope. Easy. I've never. That's one thing that I never even. Mm. I never thought about. Contemplated being an option. Just no. straight. Yeah, I thought straight he was in. joking. Straight. No, no, no. Straight in there. Obviously, you have to wet the toothbrush. You can't going in with a dry toothbrush. Is is it's not good. I mean, the toothbrush for me secondary. It's more the whole straight, <laughs> straight in, in that's 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 yeah, mashing man. my head a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. straight in. And that's, that's, why, my that's mind. why he is where he is. True. And we're too schmucks. I mean, if Colgate want to come sponsor me, they know where I'm at. I mean, would they get anything out of it? He's done, <laughs> you're gone. Well, that's Mate, a new just, system. That, that's it. It's the new way. No one knows. To be fair, I've always said, you know, toothbrush marketing, mm. they must have the single best marketing teams in the world. Because you think about it, how long has a toothbrush run around? Long time. And it still does the same job. It cleans your teeth. Yeah. But every... So often they come up with a new invention or mm. a new way or something new, and everyone's like, "Fucking hell, that's amazing!" Yeah, man. I, I've, I've seen uh, Oral B have just uh, launched a new electric toothbrush. It's black. It looks sick, and I was like, "Damn, I need to get." See I what I'm saying? My life. And it's just a toothbrush. It's just yeah. the same job that it's done for fifty but years. If it makes your teeth feel clean. <laughs> then that's the whole But the point. end result's always it. But oh, this one cleans your tongue. This one vibrates your no, so this all is the that thing, shit. Right? And I'm like, no. So this is the thing. This is my 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 ritual is the fact that I've realised with with uh, with bad breath, your bad breath sits on your tongue. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So so you can brush your teeth. Your, the brushing for, is actually f for your your teeth, not from to make your. Yeah, that's just to keep your teeth smell from falling out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all on the tongue, right? So electric, I've got electric toothbrush that I use to brush my teeth, but it's not strong enough to brush my tongue. So then I have to swap out. So then you go for manual. A manual toothbrush. Oh my yeah, god, this how, guy! How did honestly, you do that? how did you start with the squirty technique? Was that just start? one day? It was just it was like this, honestly, it it just happened. It just happened. Do one you day. just look at it and go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just thought, ah, oh, might as well. Yeah, but uh, then the time you time you're saving, mm. you're then losing by swapping toothbrushes. Yeah, but but it's balanced out to a regular time. Then. You just got to balance it out. As soon as that one's finished, straight with the other. One. <laughs> like a pit stop. Yeah, <laughs> easy, easy, easy. Like a pit yeah. stop. Well, and then, then you got to use Corsodil as the the. Uh, that stuff that changes colour. No, no, no. It's Corsodil daily. I use 
What's this? Like a mouthwash or a toothpaste? Well, mouthwash, mouthwash. Right. You have, there's two types, of course, of dill. There's, you have there's got good teeth, to be fair. We should probably be listening to this. Thank you. There's a, <laughs> yeah, there's two types. There's one that's quite a hard, hardcore type. It's a smaller bottle. Then there's a daily one. And the daily one is uh, a lot better for your mouth. And it stops bad breath coming through. So this is the thing. Because I have a big thing about smelling and... Same. Having bad Where breath. And, well, clearly, clearly not with your feet, but oh, my feet are fine. But feeling because like like smelling sweaty or bo all sort of stuff. Because when I have pictures with people, yeah, I don't want people to go, oh, Nick, nice guy, but he stinks, <laughs> or Nick. Nick, nice guy, but he's got really, he's got bad, really breath. bad breath. Yeah, hate that. See, I have a thing where, because I used to play football loads, and if I went out afterwards, straight from playing football, I'd always, if I saw someone, like, just to warn you, I smell. <laughs> because it's better to be the person. Because if they smell you, then they go, oh, yeah, he does. Well, after you've played football yeah, yeah, yeah. or during. So, after, well, obviously, both, pretty much. But if I haven't gone home and showered and just gone straight to the pub for a drink with the guys yeah. after the game, yeah. then I'll just say to people, just to warn you, like if a friend came over who. You can have a French shower, though, can't you, really? Just deodorant. just deodorant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so least, to ask this question, if you though. warn people first, then when they smell you, they'll go, oh, he just smelled. Whereas if you don't tell people, they're like, fuck me. See, you, you always thought you all thought I was mad when I built up the toothpaste conversation, but I think no, that's no, probably going to be the well. best clip of the I'm, I'm, I'm curious now, though, what else he cuts corners on. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I don't really cut corners. But would you have considered that cutting corners? No, I didn't cut no corners. you never thought about it before? Have I you cut any corners. But have you, <laughs> do you know anyone else that cleans their teeth like you do? Like with, if you eat cereal, do you nah. put the milk into your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> and then just pour the cereal in? <laughs> to be fair, right? She's good I'm, now. I'm now going to go somewhere. So um, I don't eat fruit or veg. Right. Okay. So I'm, uh, the only vegetable I eat is um, green beans. Okay. I like uh, edamame beans. Right. And I eat sweet corn and that's it. I like sweet corn. Yeah. Only really sweet corn on the cob, you know, corn on the yeah. cob. That's my jam. I love right. that. So um, stuff like, I, I can't do simple things. So um, with my with my condition and being, being, um, being disabled, the, the easiest, most simple things could be really difficult. So, for example, um, when you want to live on your own and you're, you're disabled, thinking of, um, like, walking with a knife. Yeah? Yeah. You don't yeah. want to fall over on no. a knife. You know, it's, it's not going to be a good look. Nope. Yeah. So, walking with a knife, you know, scissors, being around hot stuff and not burning yourself. Carrying hot stuff. Carrying hot stuff. Yep. So, so, things like an insight to, to what I have to think of. So I can't carry a, a glass of water. I can't carry it upstairs or anything without it spilling. Yep. Because when you when I walk, people that have seen me walk, you know, I move from side to side and it's quite aggressive. So if you're if you're carrying a small bottle of uh, a, a drink, it's going to go everywhere. Yeah. So if you put ice in there, that stops that. Oh. So as long as I've got ice in there, and th the more ice I put in there. The, the less the it more stability it is, the less it's the less it splashes, right? So then you go into the the world of cereal, and uh, what do you do with your milk? And I wouldn't be able to carry a bowl of cereal with milk already in it because I would f I would spill it. It's very true. So then I so have to take the milk. So I have to I have to put the cereal in first. Take the cereal to the the um, the table. And then put the milk in. Otherwise, I'll f it'll, f it'll go everywhere. This is why you're successful and I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's the thing. I just have little simple things like that I have to think of. So not necessarily cutting corners with the toothpaste, 
But I mean, that, that's my still blowing my mind. My life has all been about, um, always been about uh, innovating. That's what he's doing. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. So I always got to find a, a reason or a way to get around certain things. And uh, I, I don't. Re- it's not really a motto, but the thing I I live by is, if there's a fence, as as long as I get over the fence, I don't care how I look, getting over it, where I have to crawl over it jump over it slide through it whatever it is and if people are making fun of me through it or whatever as long as i get over it that's all i care about see it's things like that you don't even think about with disabilities and it? it's like everyone no, like if you can't walk or you need a wheelchair or goes oh you need wheelchair access that's obvious that's what everyone thinks most mm. people think mm. about but it's like the little things like you just said like a simple thing of carrying a glass of water yeah the things you take for exactly like you said like we we had a about a laugh a joke about it like you said but but washing your feet like nobody would ever ever think that that would be an issue yeah so really nobody it would go oh okay well he's going to struggle doing that mm. even if they what you like you say they watched you walk or they mm. know you mm. even that would be you wouldn't even wouldn't even register in your brain mm. but then you throw in the fact that you go and race cars mm. just makes everything even more yeah. incredible oh, and I it's like that. it's it's fucking I think it's the most inspirational podcast we've ever done. I, I honestly I genuinely think I'm, I'm going to watch this if everyone just bummed out and go, this guy's the most like bad human nah, being nah, in the nah, world. Nah, we nah, thought nah. that about I Jared, just, but I think you've just bummed think, Jared nah, off. Nah, Jared, Jared, Jared. Yeah. we moved him away. Uh, Sorry, Jared, you're done. Like, uh, it's over. I'm just being me. I'm just telling you. I, I think the thing, I get that, but is it, do you think because you've lived it and done it, maybe you don't have the perception of it from... Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm... mean, It's cool. It's cool what I've done, but... I didn't really have a choice. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a choice and I didn't do it for anyone else but myself. Um, and as I said, it, it wasn't until people started noticing me that um, I became this inspirational figure. Really, I, I just wanted to get out of my wheelchair and try and make life a little bit easier for myself. Cause but, I just, but I think even having that modesty is a big thing because I, I get into that point of being in the car and being like, I know I've worked harder to get here than anybody else on this track has. But for you to not think of it like that and just go, this is my opportunity, that's it, I want to do this, mm. rather than thinking in that sense of, you know, like deserving more or anything else. Like you've worked as part of you had to work and mm. I guess that's your only bar of comparison. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just one person with a story. Everybody, everybody has a story. You guys have a story. You've been doing stuff for yourself and overcoming certain challenges and 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 tough times that have got you to where you are today and and you're not always going to be proud of the directions you've already always taken yeah um yeah because you wouldn't be human um if you if you weren't making mistakes and and um doing the wrong things in certain times um so i'm just i'm just you know one of many man i'm just i just got the the i've been blessed to be able to share my story um on in loads of different ways, different platforms, and that's why I go and do public speaking, speak, speak to loads of people. But I'm, it's not because I'm any better than anyone. Um, I just had a direction, I had a plan, and my plan was to make my life easier for myself and not really ask for any help yeah. from anybody. Um, because I feel like if I can overcome my condition, I can pretty much do anything I want to do. And uh, it's also difficult when you're a, when you're a Hamilton and your your brother is who he is. Um, you know, people always want to make judgments on the story and, and whether that you're there because of him or all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, so I've been th- through the ringer with a lot of people making judgments for me. But then as you get older, you just, you know that as long as you're um, true to yourself and 
I know my story and I know that I've worked my ass off to to be here today talking to you guys, um, having achieved what I've achieved. I don't really care about what other people think. Um, and that's that's the way I've sort of just carried on moving forward. Um, and yeah, I'm not 100% proud. I've got so much more I want to do. Um, you know, I want to, to, I want to get to the podium of a, a British touring car race and, um, you know, show that, uh, you know, I can race at the top. Yeah. Um, but it's just a, it's a long journey, journey to do that. And it'd be so funny as well because I wouldn't be able to get up onto the podium. <laughs> it'd be so funny. So I would have to, you know, ask P two or P three to, to give me a hand. To help you up. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, bro. First of all, you've you've lost to a disabled <laughs> guy. Yeah. Second, can you help him up? Can you help me up because I actually can't step. Um, but no, it's cool. Um, and and that's why I'm I'm working so hard to to try and make that happen. I think with the inspirational thinking, speaking things, it's it regardless of what else happens or whatever else has happened, like you just said there about the the carrying your own glass of water, mm. you could very easily say, Mom, can you get me that glass of water? And not move. Yeah, but my mum wouldn't do it. That's why. But that's what I'm saying. But but yeah. you think that, that just that, that one she would. thing, she, she would. would. She All mums would. But she just, she, it's never been like that. But that one thing could be the difference between someone else having that same thought process. Mm -hmm. Can I get it myself or shall I ask someone to get it for me? Yeah. And and if they then make that choice, like you did, I'm going to get it myself, regardless of how, regardless of how much water I've got left mm. when I sit down, whatever the process is, if they make that decision themselves to do that for themselves, it's only going to progress from there. And yeah, but it, even a simple thing like that is where your story, I think, is so powerful. In yeah, that I mean, sense. I've never really told people, I've, I've never really sat and spoken to people about just general life and and the things that I do and have to think about to just get through a normal day. Yeah. Um, because for me, it's second nature. It's become second nature. But I've realized I'm a really good problem solver. Mm. So, you know, stuff like carrying a bottle of water or, uh, sorry, a glass of water and thinking, shit, I, can't, I keep spilling it everywhere. You know, how am I going to stop that? And then you, you have to think, rack your brains and go, okay, what would make things easier? And oh, Try ice. Oh, ice works. Ice works. Okay, so now I know whenever I got a, a glass of water in my hand, I want to take it anywhere. I got to have a load of ice in it, and it'll stop. It'll st <laughs> it'll stop sloshing around. Everyone's first thought was just put it in a bottle, but you've gone the opposite way and gone. <laughs> no, I need ice in there. Yeah, but I might not have had a bottle available. But true. So what if you didn't have a bottle? True. You know, true. then you, then you got to go for the glass. You know, and yeah, just the the, the simple things of you know cooking and um, you know, like the other day. I went and got my, got, it was my girlfriend's birthday and I went and got her some uh, some flowers uh, to go with her presents. And, you know, the hardest, the hardest thing about life at the moment as a disabled person, and I've got to be careful, as I said, how I say certain things. How are we doing for time? We're good, we're good. Yeah, we're yeah, good. Cool. As long as cool. we want. Cool. Yeah, we've got loads of time. Um, is the UK is is almost is run by able-bodied people so they make decisions for disabled people thinking that they know what disabled people go through but actually they can never relate they might be able to relate in some aspects they might have a disabled child or something but they're really an able-bodied person so i was driving my car and thinking i want to park as close to this um flower shop 
as possible because I know if I get her a big bouquet of flowers, I've got to carry flowers in front of my face yeah, yeah, and yeah. walk yeah. at the same time. And if I trip over and I lose my flowers, I'll be furious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be furious. Yeah. Yeah. But then I saw the I saw the traffic warden there and and I know that he wouldn't allow me if I said, Oh, by the way, bro, I'm I'm disabled. Would you mind if I just park my car right outside the um the flower shop so that I don't have to walk so far with my flowers? Um, I know he would say no. So I go and park miles and miles away from this, this bloody flower shop. And I have to then, you know, walk, which takes so long to do and so much effort to do to go and get my flowers. <laughs> yeah. And it's just stuff like that, that life would be so much easier if, um, you know, able-bodied people would understand a bit more, especially like traffic. Well, if I was, if I was a traffic warden, I saw this guy. Yeah like struggling to his car being like dude park your car closer i'll know, walk the I'll other way or yeah oh, yeah and we and at least and if and i just walk the other way yeah exactly I, maybe it's his boss that will tell him off but yeah. or whatever but you at least help help somebody you know but um yeah obviously i, I did it I, I didn't drop my flowers but you know i mean i, I could have been getting something cooler but uh having flowers <laughs> to your girlfriend is pretty cool flowers for my girlfriend fine. yeah that's, that's what i was in but that was the last that was it was a couple of days ago and that was when I was like, this is really annoying. You know, it's like this bloody traffic warden over there, not going to help. You can see I'm struggling, you know, but they just turned a blind, blind eye to it. And, uh, and that's a really difficult thing sometimes. Do you think that's something from a government point of view, it would be better to have somebody who understands it better to have a voice for those people on that level? Yeah, but I, if, I was, if, if, if I'm honest, I feel like it's every man for himself in this in this world so um they don't i don't think it'll make any difference yeah. i don't think they really care oh i don't either i really but don't yeah i really don't you know even when i go to my races and stuff how far i have to park my car from my my race truck and I have to walk it's just ridiculous for the yeah. sake of a simple thing of just park just yeah. allow me the guys yeah. with the, the guys that are doing all the engines and all that sort of stuff they park the car right next to the pit lane but oh no just send send nick hamilton into the car park yeah, and he can he can walk. Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it could be. It, it is, <laughs> and it is mad that something so simple could make such a big difference. Yeah, for for me anyway. But but also it would help. It would help disabled people um, feel more welcome and get involved in motorsport. Um, yeah, because at the moment you look at motorsport and it's like, well, is it for disabled people? I think the way it's going, man, I don't think motorsport's going to be for anybody soon if they keep yeah. closing all the tracks and, and like, it just seems to be, like, being more and more and more demonised in the UK, motorsport mm. does. Mm. And then they're complaining about everybody racing on the streets and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, well, there's barely any tracks now. Like, I've been to drifting and stuff like that. You can't mm. do that anywhere because of the noise. Everyone complains about the noise and mm. all that sort of stuff. And it's like, well... And then they say, oh, well, everyone's going over to Europe and spending the money over there. And it's like, well... Because they've got no choice. Yeah. Like it's just it's like you've just said there, like just access to people. So 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 I want to know about you guys. I've sitting here talking about myself for ages. That's the point. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's with guests. It's yeah, with yeah, guests. But also and guests. Do you ever talk about yourself though? Y all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. All the time. But when it's just me and when it's just us. When it's just us too. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, we just talk shit and... and... Generally, um, I, don't, I don't know if I've got that interesting a story. There's a lot of hooker stories in Vegas. That says <laughs> That's <it>. yours. <laughs> Mine Yours is the hooker story. Mine hooker stories in Romania stories. and uh, Cambodia. So our main thing, the way we started this, was because because of driving, he's travelled all over the world yeah. doing that. And I spent three years travelling the world. Mm. Um, I lived in Iceland for a year and based from there, just kind of like travelled around everywhere. Um, the way this started was in January, Jake was someone's best man and had to do a speech. And we sat in a pub milling over his speech and then... What was meant to be an hour drink ended up being six hours. Nice. Just swapping travel stories. Like even here, we've driven down today two hours just and just swapped the stories yeah. the whole way. Um, kind of stories we can't tell on the podcast. Definitely can't reason. tell them stories. Yeah. Um, Why not? Well, we would ne- probably never have another girlfriend again. If, yeah. If well, you don't have one. No, and it definitely wouldn't have to <laughs> probably be probably easy feet. It wouldn't help. It's <laughs> definitely. Feet. Let's, let's call it the feet and be it's done with it. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, nothing for me. My main thing was like, especially at the minute, I'm proper really missing traveling. I think it was something at the minute I'm trying to save to get um, a mortgage and stuff like that. So traveling wasn't something that was on the cards for me for a while anyway. But um, the past few days, especially, I've really missed it. But my whole thing was just, I I guess it's the same thing of having that goal driving to. Like basically, I wanted to get to Patagonia um, for years. And I wasn't sure how I'd do my own company traveling. So I traveled backpack around Europe for a few months um, when I was 32, 33, and then traveled Southeast Asia for six months. And then rather than just go to Patagonia and get a flight from here to there, um, I started in Northern Canada and went all the way down the East Coast of the US and then through Central America, then through South America. All on your own? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So um, that was six months as well. That was two years ago. Um, and it was that thing like, when I finally got there when I got to Patagonia it was knowing I did it myself I saved it because everyone always says you're so lucky when you're travelling it's like I didn't win a competition to do this like I didn't get any help I sacrificed and saved and everything else to do it thought I was going to die nearly died a couple of times because Central America sketchy um, and to finally do it and to get there was like it, I allowed myself to be proud of myself you know mm. what I mean which I don't very often but at that point to know I made it um, climbed this mountain in Argentina and when I got to the top that was my I did this I got here mm. and I've always had that thing of, I've never wanted to be the person who talks about doing shit and then doesn't do anything yeah you want to get it done yeah so I, I won't really say anything unless I know I can do it or mm. I'll say it to push myself to do it mm. so the first time I went travelling I didn't really tell anyone just in case I didn't go and then when I went after as soon as I got back I was like I'm going to Asia next I told everyone because I have to do it because I told you mm. so mm. we spent worked it shitty job saving money and then went traveling around there and literally i booked a flight to bangkok a one-way flight two nights accommodation and winged it that's crazy so spent six months there had no idea where i was going no idea what i was doing i was shitting myself but i was trying to find every reason not to go before i got on the plane and then as soon as i landed um didn't get a taxi from the hotel coming from the airport to the hotel was like 
got on my phone, found a map and was like, I think I'm going this way and just walk around. I mean, it helps being weird looking in countries like that because everyone just kind of moves out of your way. Because um, <laughs> especially in those, because I'm 6'3 and everyone in Southeast Asia is about two foot tall. So it helps me just kind of like walking around and just like, I'm getting out of the fuck out of his way. Um, <laughs> and no, it was like traveling has been the best thing I've done. Like it, it's the thing that gave me motivation for years to do shitty jobs and to strive towards something and i've missed that i think that's what the last couple of days i think it's not so much the traveling i miss it's having a goal to work towards i think with stuff like especially like buying a house or buying a car or stuff like that you've got it but then you've got it you haven't really accomplished anything it's just like i get to live in it now it's like with a new wife that's still an accomplishment it is and i'm not saying it isn't but i think there's a difference in if you're sleeping in a shed yeah. to a house it'd yeah. feel very different to, yeah. do you know what I mean like but it's you, like at the minute like, I've like seen a lot of like the iPhones the new iPhones been announced and a lot of people are kind of like talking about that and I'm just like I'd rather not be in, like motivated by material things mm. I've, you know I want nice things but it's not anything that kind of like inspires me to do anything whereas natural sense of accomplishment like I, I nearly died in a mountain in Iceland um, it's not as exciting a story as it sounds it was just me being an idiot I climbed a mountain in Converse that's what I need to Nice. Don't do that. Um, it's the story here um, for anyone who wants to climb mountains. But nearly slipped off and died and then kind of like regained myself and realised I was about 10 feet from the top. So I nearly quit, nearly went down again because I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. My legs were like jelly and then finished it and got to the top. And re- like that was at that point just still just probably the greatest moment in my life just because I didn't die. If I hadn't nearly died, and the, the thing afterwards was I got to the top and realised the back of the mountain was flat. And I could have just walked up it. <laughs> oh, no, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I climbed up this mountain and then realised that it was just, yeah, could have just taken a leisurely stroll up there. So, yeah, it was just kind hilarious. of, it was shit like that that kind of like the past few years that kind of like drove me to get to where I wanted to go. And I think I'm kind of missing that, especially this year with COVID and everything else and everything kind of like just being on pause. I think I miss having something to work towards. Mm, I understand that. I think I think as I've got older, I've realised that having a goal, regardless of what it is, is so important mm. because yeah. before I, I'd always been into cars and stuff like that when I was younger and whatever, and then and then I got into drifting originally by mistake, and then it just kind of happened, and then the more you do it, obviously you've been around it as well. It's like the more you're around it, the more you want to do it, the mm. more you want to be involved, and then it, it got to the point where I said to myself, I remember. As crazy as this sounds, I remember somebody came to me and said, have you seen the new Ken Block video? Mm. Or have you seen the Ken Block video? Not the new one, it was the very yeah, first yeah, one. Yeah. I was like, who's Ken Block? Mm. I don't know what this is. So I even remember where I was when I watched it for the first time. We went to this guy's office and he got his laptop up and we watched it and I was like, fuck, that's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was crazy. And then I went home and I showed my mom. And I was like, look, mom. She was like, what am I looking at? And I showed her. I was like, I'm going to race that guy one day. And she went, of course you will, son. Of course you will. I went, I will, I will. And then you get into, I got into drifting. And then eventually I did get to race him in Madrid the one year. And I was like, fuck, like, this is like in the final, me and Ken, everything else. And then I stopped racing. And then I was like, well, now what? Yeah. Like I've stopped. I, I stopped not because I wanted to, but because I had to. I couldn't afford to do it anymore. Oh. So that was even worse. That was like a kick in the teeth. Mm-hmm. I didn't decide to do it. And then it wasn't until really we started doing this podcast that I've got almost like another goal mm. and something to focus on and something to make 
work as opposed to just going to work. Like, I'd never want to be all the power to people that do. They just go to work every day. Like my dad, my dad will always say, well, I've always worked every day in my life and I've got this money. When I turned 30, my dad said, do you know what I'd got when I, when I was 30? I said, what, daddy, when I'd got 10 grand in the bank. Okay. Is that it? I'd got 10 grand in the bank. Okay. So would you like ever traveled or had you been anywhere or would you got any cool stories? I'd got 10 grand in the bank. Wow. I don't want to be like you, Dad. Like <laughs> I do, and then me and my dad don't see eye to eye on my yeah. racing, nothing. I think he went to watch me race once, yeah. and that was because my brother forced him to. Yeah. Um, but it's, but it's, he's not goal-driven whatsoever. He just wants the traditional buy a house, have kids, go to work, retire, die. That's it. That's my dad's life. And some people are just built that way. Do you know what I mean? Some people are just, they're just happy with what they've got, and they'll mm. just poodle along in life, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Me and Sonny especially, we're not them kind of people. Like We're not just like I don't want to like we said on the way down didn't we like if if you it will give an insight as to what we was talking about but he said if I'm lying on my deathbed and I wished I'd how do I word this had more encounters with people yeah and regretted it I would feel like I've not achieved something Mm. do you know what I mean like Mm. and and I don't ever want to lie on my deathbed and think I should have done this I should have done that I wish I'd have done this I wish I'd have done that I had the opportunity to do that and I don't care if it leaves me skin, fucking whatever. I want to make this work now, and I think that's my motivation now. Mm. And it and it's it's tough, as we all know, that when you set a goal, it is hard. But then, like you said, a, a mountain. So many people just quit. Yeah, and go. Well, I've tried, and then they just carry on with their life. And I think that's that's what our story is. What brings us together in that sense of that that we we both have such goal focused ways about us that it doesn't matter what it is we're competitive we want it to work we want it we want it to be the best at something immediately when we were talking about podcasts the first thing we said was we're going to beat Joe Rogan because <laughs> nice. he's number one do you know what I mean nice, like he's like the that. benchmark yeah. like that. and you said to yourself like why start down there yeah. you could have easily gone into any any other motorsport yeah. but you went fuck it let's go straight into touring cars yeah we're in it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, Why not? Totally. It could have been so easy for you to take so many different routes. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Lewis's brother. Do you know what I mean? You could have just gone, well, I'm Lewis's brother. Give me this. Give me that. Like, do you know what I mean? But you mm-hmm. chose not to. Mm-hmm. And then looking back now, you can lie on your deathbed and say, I've done this all myself. Yeah. You could have yeah. had a completely different scenario where you could have just gone, well, I can't do it. I'm disabled. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I or, the thing is as well, having that, I guess your mountaintop is that podium. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Once you get that, and it's not like I've done it. That's cool. It's yeah. like okay, what's the next mountain? Yeah, yeah I think it's always. That yeah, you're not just gonna stop. Of, yeah, once you get yeah. on that podium, you're not just gonna. Right, I've done it now. No. On to the next thing. Yeah, no, it just made me even more hungry. What's What's the next goal? My next goal. Um, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, as I said, my motorsport gives me my purpose. So I want to keep racing. Um. And I also want to do, um, I, I want to use my condition more um, for the greater good, for, for, for people to to see what is achievable with it. So I was told I wouldn't walk, now I race cars. So that's one achievement. Um, and doing something that my condition really on paper shouldn't be able to do. Next, I want to do another challenge and maybe do a challenge every year and document it okay being like 
you know, what's next? What's Nick yeah. going to do next? Like, like something. sport relief challenges, like they yeah, do with that. Something, yeah, something, something. Batshit crazy. Not necessarily crazy, but but like, I don't know. I mean, I would. Do you think I would ever be able to return a serve from Andy Murray or whatever if he th- puts a ball at my face at 150 mile an hour or you know cycle a, uh, cycle a velodrome with you know, Sir Chris Hoy? I can't ride a bike, so learning to ride a bike would be a cool thing. You know what I mean? Or um, you know, do the run the London Marathon. You know, I can't. I can't run. I can just about walk. So running. Yeah, I know you did a thing. Cool. Was it this year in April where you did 151? Steps, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that for for NHS. Yeah, it was it was um, 151 steps up and down, without using. So in my girl, so I was in lockdown. My girlfriend's parents and my girlfriend, um, and they have a um, in their garden. They've got steps, uh, really steep steps. And uh, if it goes wrong, I would have you know hit my head or something because uh, it was a brick wall either side and they had these uneven steps and these steps they have a lip at the end of them so if I didn't clear if I didn't clear that step when I was you know going to the next one I would trip really easily and then coming down is really difficult because I have to make sure I hold my balance I had nothing to hold on to and uh, so anyway I, I wanted to think of a challenge that was going to be tough but I knew I'd be able to do it and relate it to something so at the time Lewis had um, walked up and down the steps of a podium in Formula One 151 times. Right, okay. okay. So I related it to that. So I did Lewis's 151 steps that he'd done up and down on a podium to up and down on the steps. So I did that um, for NHS and for their COVID relief. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, no, I did that. And yeah, that. yeah, fortunately, yeah, it raised like. Yeah, nearly 20 grand or something, which sure. is really nice for them. Mm. So it's good. It was cool to do something like that and use my condition that way. That's an awesome yeah. story. I, didn't, I genuinely didn't, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, no. I didn't I did know that. that. No, That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, so the nice. question that probably everyone's wanting me to ask is, yeah. I suppose they're not, but it is what it is. But as you mentioned it a couple of times, what is it like being Lewis's brother? Is it tough? <laughs> it's got to be tough to an extent. My brother has a hard time being my brother. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm fucking so awesome. So, yeah. you know what I mean? He hates so, it. And the younger brother always gets the <laughs> shitty end of the stick, don't they? I'm, the younger, I'm brother, younger brother. The younger brother's always the favourite yeah. with the parents. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not. But he's always the one that everyone's like, oh, he's the fucking annoying little younger brother, isn't he? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, my brother gets that. Yeah. Um, yeah Is I it mean, a help or a hindrance? Both. Um, can help you in terms of, um, you know, creating your opportunities um, but then it's down to you to make them your own. Make them your own. Yeah, take them in both hands and, and grasp them. Um, it can also take opportunities away from you. Yeah. Um, it leaves you exposed a lot of the time, you know, for people to make judgments of you. Can't walk out the front door and, and you know, I can't, I've always got to be thinking smartly. I can't be eating my Nando's and all of a sudden have an itch on my nose and, you know, wipe my nostril because people think I'm picking my nose and probably take a picture of me whilst I'm doing it, you know, because I've had that before where it's like people Instagram you or message you and say, oh, I really wanted to come and see you, but I, I don't want to come over. But instead I took a picture of you and here it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, 
Thanks. I know yeah. what I look like. Cheers. Um, yeah. So, so you, you, even though I'm not necessarily, I'm not, you know, a well, 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 well-known celebrity. I'm, I'm known within the UK, and um, yeah, people. The annoying part is people's, oh, you're Lewis Hamilton's brother. They don't necessarily know me as my name, which is really annoying sometimes. Um, because I have my own identity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's starting to get better and better. People are starting to to see me for who I am and my name. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm so proud of my brother, man. He's, you know, we came from nothing. My dad lost his his mum when he was 16. His dad was a was an alcoholic and he had nothing. And he wanted to create something for his kids, um, something that he never had the opportunity to do. And you know, Lewis has pretty much come from nothing to absolute. Um, world domination, and uh, you know, I'm so blessed and proud to to live that um, journey with him all the way through his ups and downs, and um, we've always stuck together regardless. Um, and yeah, man, it's it's tough, it's tough being his little baby brother, but that's all I know. And um, yeah, it can be difficult trying to step out of his shadow, but it's a hell of a shadow to be in. That's the problem. As well. It's 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 like you say, it's good and bad in that sense. Yeah. Like it's he's he's your brother first and foremost. Yeah. But then you put his achievements on top. You think, Oh yeah, I've done this, I'm disabled, I've done this and then you think, Oh fuck's sake, he's won another championship. You're like, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> give me a break, like <laughs> stop. No, I mean, I'm not competing with him ever. Yeah. You know, I think it's You will be because he's your brother. And that yeah, always but, happens. Nah, but I mean I I feel like I'm smashing it in different areas and you know, we've had different uh, different journeys that's got got us to to where we are today, yeah. and you know I've I've always I want people to know that I've never never once um, been been jealous of Lewis or yeah, yeah. didn't really feel any favoritism or no. anything like that. You, you can know. see with both of you like the pride you have and support you have for each other is incredible. Yeah, because I think my brother's a dick at the <laughs> best of times. I love him. <laughs> yeah, I mean every, every every brother, you know, every um relationship in terms of brothers go go through difficult phases and yeah. you know we have done for sure yeah. me and Lewis. Um but we wouldn't be human otherwise if we didn't yeah. do that. Um but we've 100% turned full full circle. Um have a lot more understanding for each other. Um and yeah, we we we're, we're closer than ever so um you know I'm, I'm happy happy for that and at the end of the day man is is as I said about ev- everyone, you know, just because he's a six-time Formula World Champion and he's got tons of money, doesn't mean he's any better than anybody else. He's a human being. Yeah, completely, yeah, completely, and and you know, that's that's what people need to make sure that they they understand is that you know money doesn't buy you happiness. Um, it's all about what you want to do in life, what you want to achieve. Um, and if you don't achieve it, you're only letting yourself down, not not anybody else. And you have to just stay true to yourself, regardless um, of what anybody you know says to you, whether they say that you can do, can do, or can't do things. Um, you just got to keep pushing forward, regardless. And you know we're we're true believers of that, and we're proud that we're able to use our platform um, to 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 use it for pos- positive things. Um, which um, you definitely do, like I said, the research for you came out as you're the nicest human being in the world. So whatever you're doing, you're doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> you're doing a good job. You uh, are doing a, doing good, a job. good job. Thank you. Who well, who did the research? I did. Well, he did both do bits. It wasn't like we both. I'm saying. That's all right. So defensive. I already knew it all. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, it could have been Nick Hamilton's a knob, but. 
No, I did say I'd met you before and you was a nice guy, so, so it should be all right. All Hopefully right. he's not, all you know. Right. Right. What it was, I'm not that big. Obviously, with driving and stuff like that, he's well more knowledgeable than I am. Yeah. Um, sure. So it was just kind of like catching up to speed on that side of things. That's cool, man. I'm not really um, a huge... But You're still into motorsport. I am into just, motorsport. It's, That's I what think I mean it's in more, comparison. I think it's more... Obviously, once you meet someone, rather than just seeing them, you, you obviously... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Meet someone, you stay. Like, then we got on the Instagram and all that sort of mm. stuff. And then you just kind of get more involved with somebody. Yeah. Then you just naturally learn more about someone. Sure. And you follow their life and whatnot and mm. this, that, and the other. And I think that's all it was. It was just like, because I'd met you. You just go, oh, he was a nice guy. I'll oh, follow him. He didn't smell. Do you know what I mean? It's he all good. Smell. So got a lovely, clean breath. Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's happy days. But no, it's um, it's I don't know, man. It's it's a crazy world, isn't it? It's you were saying world. earlier about the virtual racing and stuff like that. You don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So because you were an ambassador for them for a while, weren't you? And like helping them develop. Yeah. So I I actually worked for a company called Slightly Mad Studios, who um, made a game called uh, Project Cars. So they did Project Cars one and two. And I was a handling consultant for them. So basically I uh, did all the physics work for their, their, their physics engine and making sure that the car was as realistic as we could get it. That's why I don't like that game. Oh, yeah. because <laughs> It's of me. the most fucking annoying game in the world because it's so realistic <laughs> and you can't just bounce off the walls like yeah. you can in Gran Turismo. Yeah, no yeah. damage and carry on. Yeah. I get around two corners and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, retire onto the yeah. next one. So it's all your fault. Yeah, cheers, man. <laughs> that's what, that was my job. <laughs> Did you stop that because uh, of the, uh, how much you got into racing again? Or no, 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 because I was still racing at that. I was still racing alongside it, so it was almost like a day job. It was crazy. I was getting paid to play, play games, which was amazing. And um, yeah, it, it just fizzled out because uh, um, slightly mad studios got bought by Codemasters, mm. and Codemasters didn't didn't really need any handling consultants as such because they right. took a they took a different direction for Project Cars um, as they've now rela- released uh, Project Cars 3 coming soon or whether it's out now, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that just that just fiddled, fizzled out. Like like anything happens in life, you know, it's, it's cool. It doesn't always last forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a, a period. It was my first job as well. My first job was playing a game at home Computer games. and getting paid for it. It was cool. I, enjo- I enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, now just... just Going in different directions, um, I've 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 just finished being a pundit for F1 Esports. Um, I was on that uh, this week, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and I'm I'm signed actually for the for the rest of the year. So you'll see me on TV there, which is cool. Um, I did some commentary work um, on a new um, simulation, oh sorry, esports championship called the V10 R League, which is on BT Sport and ESPN and stuff in the US. Um, so I'm, I'm not necessarily starting a, a broadcasting career, um, but got co- really cool opportunities yeah. to, to do stuff within that within that um, that nature. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting interesting year, man. Are you still gaming? Uh, yeah, if I got when I got time for it, but I, I, I don't really have time. You're not going to start a Twitch shame. channel? Nah, see, I I hate social media. 
I hate social media. I hate all that sort of stuff because no one takes a bad picture on social media. Yeah, yeah. It's all in my eyes. It's all fake. Yeah, but Twitch is Twitch is you. Then, no, no, no. You go, sorry. Then you go to Twitch, right? Yeah. And yeah, sorry, you weren't talking about Instagram, but then you go to Twitch, and I don't know. I don't really find myself that interest. I, I don't think I'd be that interesting to watch. Uh, probably in horror games, I'd be good at horror games because people would literally see me crap myself. <laughs> That's all why the time I don't play. Jump around. That's why I don't play um, horror games. But in terms of like, you know having a camera on me and watching me play a game i don't see the, the i don't see why people would watch me do that so i would never never do that people watch me do it we do yeah. i'm pretty sure they would watch you three people they yeah. watch rob they i mean look at rob. rob maybe they watch rob maybe i mean he it, could, it could be yeah a friend of mine said nick you should try it on twitch channel um but then you got you know you've got to really invest in it all in terms Not of really Make sure that you do the right things no. and the game's good. And no. it, it, yeah. I'm terrible at my game and people yeah. watch me play it. Have you had to use social media more because of lockdown and stuff like that? Like just in terms of like you were saying with fans not being able to come to races and stuff. Have you found... No, it's, it's, I do it more just for, for brand purposes and for okay. showing more value for, for your partners and for your sponsors and to create more opportunities for, for yourself. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on it because really... I don't really care how much money you've got and whether you flew to Germany on a private jet or whether yeah. you're in a five-star hotel or... You're definitely not following me. Uh, no, but I'm <laughs> just... None of that shit's on my generally, <laughs> generally, it's, it's, no, it's it about, is, it it's about is, people yeah. trying to show off their life and I'm not really like that. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an honest guy and I, all I do is just live my life the best way I can and regardless of whether you've got money or not. Do you think that's down to... Probably you probably had a lot worse of experience of social media than what a lot of people have had. Do you think that is partly down to the reason of why you don't like it, or do you just? No, it's just it's just people that just take pictures and then say, "Oh, that's not good enough. Can you get this in?" No, that? there is definitely like, and oh, can I filter that and this and that? Mm. It's just annoying. Like when I'm traveling and stuff like that, it's always like you'll see something and then there's people who will literally come, look at it through their phone, take a picture and walk away. So you didn't actually look at the thing, mm. like be it a waterfall or a monument or whatever. They've literally just come for the gram. Yeah. And then walked away from it. Yeah, there is a lot of fakeness. It. But I mean, I like it to an extent. Like I'm not a huge, not nowhere near as much as I was. Mm. Um, but for me, social media is a way of staying in touch with your friends and stuff like that. Do you know what just I mean? Like, call them. You can, yeah, but like I've just call them, send them a message. I haven't got that much time in the world. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, to, just to ring my six yeah, friends yeah. all the time. Just, you know just, I mean? like, just drop them a message. I, do, so I, I, do that as well. I use it for posterity. That's the main reason I do it. Like we've said this before on the podcast, like the, especially when I'm traveling and stuff like that. Like I don't use hashtags, period, ever. Um, there are people I know who do, like hashtag cheesy feet. <laughs> that, that'll be the one for this podcast. Definitely, that's happening. That'll that's be happening. Um, that is happening. That is actually it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> but no, I mainly use it for posterity. So it's just a way to put pictures up, and it's kind of like it's always called in a year later. Like today, there was a thing that came up where it was like a year, like seven years ago, I was in Barcelona. Mm. So it's like, oh, cool, yeah, I remember that. I mean, kind of like, see yeah, that's, 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 that's different. That's different. That's for per that's like for your that's the, that is like essentially the main reason. Yeah, I yeah. Use, it's like, a free photo it. album. Yeah, yeah, basically, that's different. But you know, things like. No girls looking up, young girls of today. Oh yeah, that's so I'm, I'm glad yeah, I grew yeah, up yeah, without yeah. social media. Yeah, yeah, looking at Instagram and going, I, I want to be like her because she's this and she's that. And actually, well, you know, you, 
the amount of work that they yeah. put into yeah. that post means actually that the phrase <laughs> you're ever so lucky i hate that phrase yeah i fucking hate that phrase <laughs> and social media fuels that phrase yeah. so much so, well, there was, this, so I know there was a thing a couple like, of years no. ago where Kanye was saying he wanted um, the people of Instagram to take away the display of how many likes you've had, yeah. which I do think they should and do. And they have done it a bit. I think they, well, start, they did say they was going to. Gonna, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, like, if you couldn't see how many people have liked something. Yeah. Then, then the number, beca- then eventually, it, straight away it becomes irrelevant. Yeah. It takes away that yeah. whole anxiety, everything of it. Because I can't imagine what it is like for, if you're 14 years old, boy or girl, and you've got people who are posting pictures of get a thousand likes and you get six. Because once, yeah. yeah, once you've developed yourself to a point of knowing who you are and not giving a fuck about that stuff, it becomes irrelevant. Honestly, it's, it's a, can be a really tough, difficult place. Yeah. So I try and I, I just, yeah, I do it. I do it for my, for my brand purpose. That's it. Mm. Nothing, no other reason. And I keep in touch with my friends from your phone. phone. From my phone. Mark, you should try me, that. Show me up again. <laughs> I mean, this happens every not? podcast. I could just get thrown under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> we are good but i think we're about done i'm afraid as much sure. as i want to carry on would talking, you have the main question to ask oh shit yeah i forgot about that right are we ready who would win in a fight a gorilla or a grizzly bear it doesn't have to be a grizzly bear it just can be a bear a bear, okay, bear yeah. or gorilla now before you jump in <laughs> no you can't before you jump in think both sides put an argument. You don't even have to have an argument. You can just say a word, but don't just jump in with an answer with the obvious. What's the obvious? I'm no, not saying say what the obvious is. Let, but the I'm man, just saying, let the man answer. Think about it. Let it stew. What is so obvious? I'm not saying it because then it'll influence your answer. But I've never really decided, wanted to ever think about these two animals <laughs> fighting. fighting. Don't be that nice guy. Bear or gorilla? Okay, not to the death to tap out. They yeah, both walk away at the end of it. Die. If there was a fight. <sighs> it's really tough. It's, it is tough. It's not. There's one it answer. Is. There's no, not one answer. Say the right answer, Nick. So is this like a... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with a gorilla. <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. I've always liked you. Always have to go for the gorilla. There you go. Bullshit. That's uh, five one now. Bullshit. On the gorilla. Oh, five one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one is. No, the that's one. Five is, people that are wrong. That's the one is him. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Sorry, bro. So team gorilla again. Bullshit. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Thank you. No, so but much. generally, thank you for your time um, and for sharing your story because it is an incredible story. I feel like we could do a part two with Nick. It's like we just feel like I could just yeah, keep going. You know where I am. You want me back? I'm always hundred percent. We're always down for that, man. As soon as um, you hit that podium, huh. we'll be there. We'll be there. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, honestly, keep keep doing what you're doing. I'm so, I'm so impressed by this, by the way. It's all Rob. Yeah, it's all Rob. Credit yeah, to Rob. Well done, Rob. Good job. Rob does uh, everything. We I just really t- like, you know why? I like this microphone. It's so, like, good quality. It's yeah, he, gives, he gives a you good know? microphone to the guests. And, and I was we thinking, get these. thinking, I wonder if these guys have all the gear. No if you idea, streamed on Twitch, you could get yourself one of them. <laughs> you know, these? Yeah, get yourself one of them mics. Uh, but you need no, a mic I mean, this, is, this is proper, man. Credit like to Rob it. and T1 Media. Ooh, he does everything, and we just turned up like two schmucks. I, 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 I sound so crystal clear. You do? Do you want to do a plug for Rob while you're here? T1 Media. T1 Media. Big up T1 Media. 
Is that right? You are yeah, welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I, I, yeah, I'm impressed, guys. So yeah, keep keep doing your thing. I appreciate it. Keep staying positive. And, and, uh, honestly, the nicest guy. At the start, you were like, see, you'll find out. And now I just think you're nicer yeah, than no, I did at the I, start. I, no, man. I, I like the... It's cool. I've, you know, I've, I've had a lot of, of interviews in my in my time. And, and I, I bounce off the people that are interviewing me and, yeah. and the questions that are, um, you know, thrown at me or whatever. And in some cases, you know, I just I just shut down because I don't feel I feel awkward, you know, silly questions. Yeah, I'm not really interested. He just asked a lot of silly questions. But, I feel, but, but no, I feel <laughs> I feel calm, feel chilled. That's and uh, you guys got a good way about you. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. it. And no, again, thank you, honestly, so Norwich. much. And good luck to you in the future. And everything you're doing. Thank I think you. I look think forward to seeing that podium. Uh, we definitely need yeah, a man. Nick Hamilton part two. Yeah, cool. I'm I down. We've got so much more to talk about. Yeah, I man. think I, don't, I genuinely 100% think this isn't the end of your. I think by the time we come back, you're probably having a whole new fucking chapter of all this mad crazy shit that you've yeah. done and happened. And eventually, we'll again. eventually, I'd like to write a book. It'd be nice. Um, I, think you should, I just yeah, haven't yeah. done enough yet. I've got more to do. Before That's what I'm I saying. Do, yeah. You're like, what, 28? Fuck. 28, man. I'm nearly 30, <sighs> bro. Dude, I'm nearly 40. Honestly, you're good. You got time. Honestly, <laughs> when you get to your 30s, what does it feel like? 30, honestly, I... Whoa, I like, whoa, I what? Sh- he, what? What's it like when you get to 30? No, yeah. I'm 37, I'm not like 60. He's no, 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 but, no, but he's as right. in like you've been <laughs> there. Wait, he's aging badly. He's I am, not, I fucking hate getting he's old. He's not man. taking it well. I don't really care. When I was turning 30, I was absolutely shitting myself. And then I turned 30 and nothing happened. Nice. And all the, I think, I've always said, I think, it depends, obviously, it, men mature late, later than women do anyway. Um, but for me, at 30, what it was, it was like I was assured with who I am. Like that. You know what I mean? I like it was that. like the, tr- the tree trunk of me at that point was that's my trunk. Yeah, like I think that. if you've got your shit figured out like when your you branch, hit 30, Your you branches could, will good. change, your leaves will change, but the core of who you are by 30 is the core of who you're going to be. If I you've think. got your like shit that. figured out, you'll be cool. Yeah. yeah. And, you and you'll get, just you, get grey hair. You, you become a little that's bit fair. more cynical, uh, but you care a lot less as well. That's fair. But you already seem to have that whole, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I think you started the not giving a fuck a long time yeah. ago. No, yeah, but in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not letting it affect you in any way, shape yeah, or form. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I will achieve regardless. Whereas yeah. once you hit closer to 40, you just think whether I achieve it or not, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got out of bed this morning. Now I'm making out like I'm really, really old. Yeah, now. stop. We're right, not. we're going to end. Yeah. Nick, okay. much appreciated. Cheers, Thank you again yeah. very so much. much and we will see you again, hopefully, sooner rather than later. You will do. Take care. Thank Take you very care. much. Thank you for tuning in. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.